The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What took an engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out many save the dates? The first Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast and I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, we'll share the news, knowledge, and strategies you need to navigate the ever-changing world of SEO. Ready to expedite your company's organic growth efforts? Sit back, relax, and get ready for your daily dose of search engine optimization wisdom. Here's today's host of the Voices of Search podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss online reputation management. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Joining us is Josh Green, who is the CEO of The Mather Group, which provides online reputation services for enterprise B2B companies across a variety of industries. And their services focus on helping brands with search and Wikipedia reputation management. And today, Josh and I are going to discuss how you can protect your online reputation. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Josh Green, the CEO of The Mather Group. Josh, welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for having me on, Benjamin. Excited to have you here. Excited to talk a little bit about uh, protecting your good name. It's not just a smile and a handshake anymore. Your name is uh, something that is broadcast publicly, and it's different for people and brands. And when we think about online reputation management, how is it different going from protecting your reputation as a person as opposed to as a company? I think there are many more challenges for companies than there are for individual people, just because there's so many different sources of information about companies that are out there these days. And the first thing you see when you Google a company is just a variety of different sites covering different aspects of that company. So it can be a real challenge versus 
a person is tends to be one entity focused on one thing for the most part versus corporations can have a large variety of different aspects to them. And each of those can be a factor in its reputation. When you think about what's happening in search, when people are looking for other people, normally, maybe if they're public facing, they've got some sort of a blog or they've been a contributor to a website. Most of the time, it's their social handles that are coming up. When you're searching for a brand, what are some of the common sites that you're seeing and and how do you think about reputation management in terms of where your reputation lives relevant to search? Yeah. In terms of search, you you see many of the same things that you will for a person when you search on a company. You'll usually see an official company page. You'll usually see a Wikipedia page. If they're a bigger company, you'll usually see LinkedIn, Glassdoor, a couple of review sites. So when you do that first search on a company, that tends to be what people think of as your online reputation. And there's some fairly predictable sites that are showing up in there. So there's an opportunity with some of those sites to have a little bit of control over what your online reputation is or appears to be. So I think it goes without saying you should be able to control your own website. You should also be able to control your LinkedIn pages. I guess there's maybe some content that people are posting on LinkedIn. I don't think that's going to show up at the top of Google when you're searching for an enterprise size brand. But then you get into review sites social media handles as well. Talk to me about some of the tools and tricks for making sure that your reputation is a positive one where you're getting user-generated content and feedback. Sure. And and I think you make a great point. The first thing is you need to control what you can control. And oftentimes, even if you're, say, an in-house SEO, it may be that no one's link- looked at your company description on LinkedIn or on Instagram, because they would have been set up probably a, a long time ago at this point, and your company may actually want to define itself something differently. And as part of that, the most common issue I see just at a cursory glance is you have all of these company controlled sites with a different definition of what the company is, which can be a little disconcerting if you're trying to get a cohesive message out. In terms of user generated content, a lot of the the rules for good social media management apply, but there's some that are specific to SEO in terms of how those sites are showing up in your search results. The first one is you need to sort of have claimed your presence on those sites. That tends to give you more control over the stuff around the reviews. It also for better or worse, seems to give you more input into what reviews are showing up if you actually have some sort of relationship with those review sites. And then the other thing that's that's often worth looking at is what is it specifically from those review sites that's getting indexed for you? There's usually a mix of different types of reviews. Usually what's showing up tends to be the number of stars you're getting and an excerpt from one review. So it's important to keep an eye on that um, because those can swing around wildly. And really your best case scenario is you've got five stars showing up and an extract from a positive review is what Google's choosing to show to people. So I feel like there's an offense and a defense component to online review management. Go on offense and you're going to start making sure that your brand has a unified description of itself across all of the places where it can control. And now defensive, 
you're starting to look at the user-generated sites. Hopefully, you're getting positive reviews that are being picked up by Google. So, for example, let's take Glassdoor. You mentioned as one of the you know the leading contributors in online reputations when somebody's looking for a brand. Let's say you know I'm on Glassdoor and I realize that uh, the reviews that are being picked up primarily are positive, but there's one negative review, and that's what Google decided to show when my company comes up. How do I go on defense and protect myself from the off negative review about my company? So the first thing you want to do is is evaluate it in context. Is it something that actually fits within the parameters of that platform? So if it's Glassdoor, is it a review that actually sort of fits your company? If not, it's probably something that you can flag and get taken down or shortened. So the first thing we we always keep an eye out for is, are there egregious things? Most people who are managing these for companies are not as quite aware as they should be of, of the power of being able to, to sort of flag reviews negatively. It doesn't always require you know hundreds and hundreds of people to say that something's negative before it gets impacted within their algorithm, because there aren't that many people on Glassdoor going through and rating all of the rate <laughs> reviewing the reviews as it as it were. So that's that's the first thing. The second thing is most of those sites are encouraging you to help them generate content. Glassdoor really wants you to get your people to leave your employees to leave reviews because it continues to solidify their spot as the uh, the go to for anyone who wants to get information in that area about a company. So oftentimes, some of the offense that you're playing, soliciting reviews from your happy employees, um, posting information about your company can help push down or offset that negative review. You know, and the other thing that is sort of an interesting hack is the length of a response to that review can have an impact on SEO too. It's something that you need to experiment with, but sometimes you'll get very different results in what's getting syndicated if you as the company leave a one-sentence response versus a five-sentence response. And that also applies to, are you using your default response versus something different? So a lot of the times you're going to want to experiment with this. If you leave the same if you reply to every review, thank you, we read all the feedback, but we can't reply because of the individual nature of things. And that's your response to every single review. That's okay. Maybe that's what your legal department requires you to do. But just be aware that the changes in that can impact what's getting syndicated out and what Google's algorithm figures is important. So that's that's one of the really interesting things is there tends to be occasionally a view of, oh, we're, we're set in stone, this one review is going to haunt us forever. And that, that's not as locked in stone as, as people tend to think. Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. 
Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Let me go gray hat here. Not that this is necessarily something everybody should do, but don't you just get a bunch of people to report every negative review, right? Oh, there's a negative review. All right, everybody in the company, cite that this is negative. Everybody report it. Great. Uh, you know, hopefully we get enough negative reports that the algorithm says, oh, this one must be a little fishy. And if not, your chat GPTing responses that are a couple of sentences that say something positive and try to turn around the negative review and how we want to work with you and you can create enough copy and response. But isn't there a way to, I guess, and the, the third gray hat tactic is you just flood the review sites with positive reviews. Now, buying fake reviews, I'm not suggesting that anybody should do that. But if you're trying to tilt the scale for the algorithm, isn't the idea to cultivate as many positive reviews as you can, respond in length to the negative reviews and report them as much as you humanly as you possibly can? Yeah, it's. Um, I, I'd say that's an excellent strategy. And I, I don't even know if I would characterize most of that as gray hat, you know, the interesting thing is it's sort of an SEO puzzle, like you think of with Google, like if you're flagging something, would you be better off with five people all with the same domain name? Would you be better off with five people who are geographically scattered or geographically scattered and all with different domain names? You, you get into a number of rabbit holes, but yeah. I'm just thinking about Glassdoor specifically, where it's like, did this person work here? It's like, well, I own the admin account. I could just make five email addresses and five Glassdoor accounts and then yeah. say, no, this place is great. Obviously, I'm not suggesting that you should manufacture results, but I think that's the reality of what people are doing when they're trying to protect their domain is I protect the domain. I can create as many email addresses as I want to. I can control the responses and I can probably control the volume of responses. And, and that's where, you know, you should be cultivating real reviews. But I think the reality is if fake reviews weren't effective, they wouldn't be so popular. I guess maybe that's my next question is how should marketers and, and SEOs think about fake reviews when it comes to online management? Seems like they are practically a powerful tool, but morally maybe a little questionable. Yeah, I, I think that's that's well put. You know, clearly there's some sort of calculus that goes on for whoever is posting fake reviews in terms of is it worth their time, energy to do it in order to achieve some result. And and like other parts of SEO, there's also an arbitrage factor of where are the people who are posting the reviews and what is the cost relative to what you're benefiting. I think also, you know, you as a corporation need to think about your approach to things. Would trying to put your thumb on the, the scale to fight back, how does that resonate within 
you know, a company, right? If it's, if it's your company and you're annoyed and like you said, you've got the admin account, that's a different thing than if you're, you know, a division of IBM somewhere where there's all sorts of different rules and, and liability. But I think it's one of those questions everyone's grappling with is, you know, you, you expect running a business every now and then you'll get an unhappy customer. But what if people are manufacturing those out of whole cloth? Do you fight fire with fire or try something else? You know, and then the other question, if you've got the SEO background is, is how is Glassdoor doing their internal SEO? One of the key things you want to keep in mind is fake reviews has consequences attached to it. And while they may vary from not very much, they can scale up to real liabilities. So I would I would discourage anyone from doing that. There's obviously the desire to sort of lash back out sometimes when it seems like someone is, is messing with you. But you really need to consider the environment that you're doing it in and what the consequences would be, especially if you're in a corporate environment. There are a lot of things that you just don't have in your toolkit for better or worse. However, the nice thing is, as a corporation, a lot of times if you're reaching out to one of these sites, you'll get a pretty good hearing because they are aware that their business sort of depends to some point on capitalism actually working and them being able to sell some services that they provide to companies. So there's some benefits and some negatives when you're in the corporate environment. But a lot of people have gotten dinged for a lot of money by doing the fake reviews thing. So I I definitely wouldn't do that unless you could come up with a really good reason to. Yeah. And look, you shouldn't buy fake reviews, period, full stop. It's morally questionable. It's risky. And generally, the, the juice is not worth the squeeze. So if you can't always operate on defense, uh, there's the saying in football, use a sports metaphor, uh, the best defense is a good offense. Uh, you get a bad review. You can't change it. The person isn't going to change whether it's real, whether it's not. How do you start to influence the scale by cultivating positive reviews without going to the dark side and, and buying fake reviews? I think you ask is really the starting point. A lot of the time, it's just a question of reminding people who are happy customers or making it easy for them, sending them the link to do it, following up. The more you can sort of incorporate doing great work and then following up about it, that really, A, is going to help with your review presence, but also it's just a good thing for the business in general is doing good work and following up to make sure your customers are happy helps you find out what's going on in the business overall and and can be very, very positive in that way as well. At the end of the day, it's important to have a good reputation. And controlling that reputation requires not only building great products and services, taking care of your customers, but actively monitoring what is viewed online. Your reputation is something that you can't entirely control, but it's definitely something that you can influence. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Josh Green, the CEO of the Mather Group. Join us again tomorrow when Josh and I continue our conversation talking about fixing Google and Wikipedia search results. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Josh, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Josh underscore Green. That's J-O-S-H underscore G-R-E-E-N-E. Or you can visit his company's website, which is themathergroupllc.com. That's spelled T-H-E-M-A-T-H-E-R-G-R-O-U-P-L-L-C dot com.
And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to VoicesOfSearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also apply to be the next guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly on LinkedIn. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data. 